Welcome to the Jungle Brothers Podcast, fam. It's me, Joey, and Tiora in the house. Hi there. Uh, we don't have Paulie today because he's downstairs doing a photo shoot. Oh, yes. Well, maybe he's just assisting, or maybe he's going to get on camera. Who knows? Well, yeah, it is a photo. Sh- it's a photo shoot for um, Apex, Apex Day One. Apex Day One. Yeah, equipment company. Benny's Benny's company. One of our members. He's a yep. he's a, an owner of this company. They make equipment for yep. training. Barbells and shit. Barbells, plates, and they wanted to, to, to do a shoot with Joe Taylor. Who's our weightlifting coach. Yeah, and um, have I asked Paul to be colour and movement in the background? <laughs> <laughs> we just need some bodies. You're going to be very out of focus, just to bodies. Foot to pass through frame. And Paul's like, you know what, man? I'm going to take half a day off <laughs> running this business so I can do that for you. Because I've never been in showbiz and I'm very excited for the opportunity. <laughs> There'll be, there'll be a freeze frame in there somewhere. That's right. Where you catch Look, there a, I am. a glimpse of the side of the face. This is a guy that's been post that shit. over a decade working on <laughs> like Hollywood level films across the globe. <laughs> I reckon working with the, the, the biggest actors. If you go down there, it'll be moving like lights around and feast <laughs> <laughs> doing a coffee run. Yeah. <laughs> latte, latte, can I get? Yep, good. Double shot. Okay, yep. let me write this down. He'll be right back to like the hand gestures and shit that you use on set that like don't mean anything in the outside world, but it's just like a, a film thing. And rolling, rolling. <laughs> oh man. Uh, Paulie might join us later on the episode. Uh, we got a good topic in store for you guys today. But before that, I'm going to mention two things. We're drinking Panavore coffee. I know I talk about it all the time because we love those guys. They provide the best coffee. It's the sickest cafe. It's in Pagewood, which is about eight minutes from Botany. Highly suggest you go there, get a coffee, meet Tree, ask for the Joey sandwich. You won't be disappointed. Um, the other thing we have is an event. It's our Coaches Intensive, which is a full weekend, Saturday and a Sunday, two big, uh, like sort of eight to nine hour days where we're going through everything that is in our coaches internship program. So if you've been looking at our internship, which is typically run over 12 weeks, uh, if you've been looking at that and thinking, oh, I'd be interested in that, I'm a coach, or I'm interested in becoming a coach, or I'd like to learn some of whatever those guys are doing, because we're doing some pretty cool stuff. We're going to be teaching it all on that weekend. So if you are interested, get at us, junglebrothers.com, or you can just come through the Instagram at Jungle Brothers Movement. Uh, drop us a line, and then um, I'll get back in touch with you because I kind of facilitate that thing. Today, my friends, we're talking about how to be in business with friends and not destroy a friendship. Mm. This is one that uh, a lot of people, a lot of people have spoken to us about over the years because obviously T, Paul and myself were mates first and foremost, and then we got into business together. And as we all know, it is- Now we're best mates. Now we're so close. It's family. Family. And you can't choose family. Blood ties. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you cannot get out. <laughs> There's, it's perilous. It is perilous being in business mm. with, with friends. And we've seen it happen to people uh, that we know. And we've also yeah, experienced- destroyed friend, It's destroyed families business. It has. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, usually you can't tear apart families, but there's families that have literally- Well, you've got the Ogalo- um, What's that? Agalo Oporto. Oporto scenario, you know, and then you got that B-Fit joint that they, the same shit happened with them. B-Fit. I mean, there's fucking, there's so many of them. So many. Yeah. It would be kind of fun to, to, you know, I I heard of a, I heard a good one the other day. Um, There was a fella in the late 19th century. So like 1880 odd. His name was John Harvey Kellogg. And he was a devout Seventh-day Adventist, had very, 
strict religious views and became uh, like a religious surgeon, um, which basically meant that he was doing surgery on people that had no fucking basis in science whatsoever. Oh. But it was the late 1800s, so who gives a shit? Um, With knives or like fake, like all sorts of shit, spiritual, all oh sorts of shit. Gosh. Yeah, they would, they were doing um, psychopath. They were doing like um, early. They had a, they had a like a real thing about never masturbating, and if your child was masturbating, um, that's you know, it's like um, whatever satanic behavior. Oh and so they, um, he lived a life of essentially. He had a wife, but they boasted they only had sex to reproduce, and that was it. Everything else was like celibacy. And uh, apparently no jerking off. Um, they would do like early stage female genital mutilation, Ugh. like horrible, horrible things, like really horrible things. Ugh. But he was doing it and apparently he was a very good surgeon, but they were doing this stuff. Uh, anyway, a business opportunity came to him some years later when his brother asked him if he wanted to start a cereal company together. And they oh went and created the Kellogg's Cornflakes Company. And they created it because his belief as a surgeon and as a doctor of this thing was that um, like masturbation should be avoided as should anything with sugar, anything with fat, anything with spice. So all the food that they prescribed and they ate was, was super bland. So they really so liked- And they made cornflakes. They made cornflakes. They really liked grain. They've never changed a recipe since. Well, I'm actually, I don't mind the odd <laughs> bowl of cornflakes, as you know, Tiora. It's just and like a bowl of sugar now, isn't it? Yeah, so his oh. brother recognised that all of these other cereal companies had popped up and that Kellogg's were doing quite well, but he recognised these other companies were coming into the market and they were adding sugar to their cereals and they were getting very popular. And so he said to his, his brother, the surgeon, was like, we need to, we need to innovate. We need, like, we need to kind of keep up with this. We've got to add some sugar. And he's like, absolutely not. This is the product. And it turned out that they kind of fell out a bit. The brother who wanted to add the sugar ended up buying 51% of the shares in the company yep. and forced his crazy surgeon brother out. Wow. Yeah, and now we have Kellogg's Conflicts. God, but still mutilating people in other ways now. Well, yeah, but you know, oh, well, I can't hate on him as much as I could hate on the surgeon guy. Oh, gross. But there's an interesting example of what can happen between family, family. members going into business. Mm. Um, Tiora, tell me how this came about. So because sometimes with the podcast, guys, we get to, it's my job to be, to have the guests scheduled, to have the topics booked, to know what we're talking about. And sometimes I drop the ball on that. And then it gets to uh, like late Thursday, early Friday morning, we record on a Friday morning. And um, I'm like, fuck, I don't have a topic yet. And I came into the gym today knowing I didn't have a topic, but I was also confident I'd come up with something. And I had something in the back of my mind to give us a bit of context as to how it came about. I think I pissed you off again. Yeah. At some point. Yeah. <laughs> and um, happens quite regularly. And it is usually me either piss, pissing you or Paul off. It's not, it doesn't happen the other way around as much. It does happen. Don't get me wrong. It's happened. It hap yeah, it does. And, um, but it is for different reasons. And I think a lot of that's got to do with character. Um, but the actual, what transpired was that the language I was using when we were talking about a topic that uh, anytime we're in a creative space, when we're looking at building something new or moving into an area that's a little unknown, there's always, and it doesn't matter what you do in life, there's always an element of anxiety, a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of, you could say there's a bit of fear in there, a little bit of, um, a little bit of excitement and, uh, you know, all of these kind of emotions, they charge you, you know, and you want to make the right decision 
and you want to make sure that what you're putting forward is heard. And if you're all in the room with that same, in that same headspace, then it, you, uh, things get more sensitive. And um, and if you're not sensitive to that space, then if you lo- you use the wrong language and it can be interpreted um, the wrong way, or it could be interpreted worse. It could be interpreted the right way, but. Um, what uh, happened was I used the wrong language with you and you and you took that uh, offensively and um, and here we are today. Here we are. We're over it. We've we're moved on. S- we're having a coffee together. Yep, we've had a laugh. We've broken bread. I've pissed you off again this morning yep. for being late. That's right. And, um, we, 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 and we can laugh about it and I can <laughs> share that story with the world. <laughs> and you did. Yeah. <laughs> well, because I see a way to turn my awful experience into something that can help other people. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, don't make the same mistake I did. Now is your chance. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so, so let's, let's tell them exactly what happened. I, T and I, we're working on a thing right now, right? Jungle Brothers has this next horizon, which we're gonna be doing an episode on this. So I'm, we're not gonna go into that right now, but we're working on a new project. It's a big project. T and I are essentially leading Right now, we're leading the charge on it. Paul was the guy, and now Paul's, all right, he's got to manage the gym. T and I go and do this thing. So there's all this new work that has to happen, and a lot of it's creative. Um, I'd been away for a couple of days um, catching up with people who I wanted to, to consult with who could give me a little bit of advice on this thing. And so I came back with like, I've got this awesome thing. I'm going to share it with the guys. It's going to be awesome. They're going to see how awesome the work that I've done is and everyone's going to be happy. So there's, there's already like an ego attachment, I think, in that, mm. in that setting, right? Because I've gone off and done something and now I'm coming back to show you guys the great work yeah. I've done. And it, and it was, there's, there's effort involved in that. That's right. You know? Yeah. Off your own back. It's not yeah. like you're on, not even, when, when we're actually not on the books for this project. And this is the other thing, when you're moving into spaces that, you know, aren't on the payroll, you know, it's not a day-to-day, you know, activity it's like a going into this new space like you actually have to take that time out of your own day and then apply it and that's a it's a big sacrifice yeah so the sacrifice there as well and so i've come back to the office and i've brought it to the guys and what i'm what how i've been thinking about this thing is i'm going to sit down tell them they're going to go bro that's so awesome well done um great you know what's next and uh, and everyone's happy right i'm kind of I'm expecting that. I have expectations, which is my first mistake, yeah. right? But, that is, but that's how we work. And then I bring it in and then uh, it's met with resistance and it's met with, you know, uh, it's met with very honest feedback about, well, what about this thing? And have you considered this? And actually that's not what we agreed on. It's met with really down-to-earth, honest resistance, which is what's essential to us getting the best outcome. So already I'm like, my expectations have been crushed because I'm not getting what I wanted, right? Um, and in that moment, we should talk on this for a little bit, that this, mo- this, this creative space that you referred to um, when you are, everyone's trying to kind of crystallize these ideas in their head and share it with the group and we're trying to form something that really is just an idea. And a, uni- a uniformed uh, perspective. That's right. Because at, at the moment... Because there's so much um, grey space, you know, everyone's yeah. got their own perspective. That's right. It's so open to like different yeah interpretation. So when once it all gets onto onto a page and 
you look at it, it's like, well, actually, like, I don't know what I was thinking, but it's not that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But this could happen. I mean, this, and this has happened with us. This could happen if you're writing a program for your gym, right? This could happen if you're trying to decide on a logo. This could happen if you're talking about, um, I don't know, something that someone posted on social media. Hey, what do you guys think? Mm. Like there's, or, you know, a new merchandise design. Like it's just, it's, it, this is in a sense, the creative process amongst You're like a collaborative um, creative yeah, process for sure. amongst leaders of an organization and uh and you know what we're detailing is like i'm sure if you're in small business even if you're in in in, in a bigger business you probably can resonate with some of these feelings that we're talking about but anyways um there's a there's a level of when you propose something there's a you you you're actually becoming more vulnerable as well that's right. Like you're putting yourself out there. Yeah, you're putting your work on the chopping board, aren't you? Yeah, and, and with that, there's a piece of yourself that's within that, you know? So you're actually open. You're exposed, you know? So in this moment, th- there's an intensity that can go up. It depends on the situation, right? Because you could have just said, yeah, mad, love it. And you could have like gone off to your next appointment. Yeah. But you knew it was important. You had time. It didn't meet your expectations. So you're like, you're putting your point forward. And then I'm coming back with a rebuttal. Yeah, but what about this? We agreed on this. This is what we said, you know? And so there's this escalation of intensity, which is, which is where a creative discussion does become like a debate. And in a debate, things are somewhat combative, yeah. which is not, not a bad thing. It's a very, I think we can say it's a very necessary thing for us to go through. Like we've had combative experiences amongst the three of us many times over the years yeah yeah and uh, and i think only there's only been a handful of times where it's gotten out of hand and i wouldn't even say out of hand but you know what i mean what like, is that yeah like like kind of to the point where the conversation where, where we didn't come to a conclusion i should say where it's just ended in like all right i'm fucking i'm out of this conversation now i'm too emotionally um clouded you know yeah and probably, you know, twice or three times I could think of where it's just been like, okay, i got to leave the room, you know? Yeah. Which is actually pretty good. But it's never been, we've never, it's never been like a shouting match or throwing shit across the room. Or no, and it's like never that. turned into like hurling personal insults. No, no, no. It gets close. It gets very close. It's very close. Yeah. As soon as you do that, it's kind of like, it's over, you know? I mean, and that's what, I mean, I think this is what... I, <laughs> I'm very fortunate. It doesn't happen in my relationship with Misa, mm. but you see it happen in other people's relationships mm-hmm. where that turns into uh, you're attacking the individual. Yeah, and at that point you've gone completely off the rails. Oh yeah, I think and I know, think we've been regret that's going to you after <laughs> yeah. that. I've been there. Unless you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're right. <laughs> and remember, guys, someone's always right. <laughs> um. But so it, it's intense and it's, it's kind of like treading a knife's edge at that point because it is intense and there's so many layers of things to this. There's layers of, like there's layers of, is what, is what T's saying right now, do I objectively agree with him? Then there's my expectations with this and I'm not getting what I wanted right now. And then there's, they're not recognizing me for all the hard work I've done. Yeah. Like, there's so many layers, right? And then there might be, like, great example, T 
turned up late to this to this meeting. You didn't on this day. Yeah. But let's say you did. So already coming into that meeting, I'm like, fucking T's always late. So all of these things shape, or maybe I turn up late. It has happened. Maybe these things start like to add these layers of complexity to to something that really is quite a simple process. It's me saying, what do you think about this work I did? Yeah, it looks okay, but I think it needs these changes. And then I take that on board and make the changes. It's like something so simple becomes um, this big problem. Yeah, it can be it can turn into a bit of a monster. Bit of a monster. Yeah, and I think um, one of the most important things to be able to do is to peel back those layers and detach yourself from the conversation and ask yourself, okay, what is best for the project? And this is a really hard thing to do because sometimes you can confuse what is best for the project and what is best for your ego. And those two things are very hard to, to distinguish the difference between I find for myself. Yeah. I get, if I get into this space where I'm like, no, this is the way. If someone comes up with something that's going to make that thing better or different, if, or if it's different and I'm so like set on it, um, to be able to take a big breath and go, oh, you know what, like you're, you're absolutely right. Um, that takes a bit of time, you know, to be able to sift through that. Yeah, and it's not, I mean, you got to say sometimes you, you can't get to the bottom of it in that oh, moment. No. no. You got you to just call it. Step away. Yeah, have a sleep, yeah. ponder it, and then come back to that, don't you? Yeah. Because it's almost like that gives you a chance to kind of put the extra layers aside and – and get to a place where you can see clearly, okay, objectively, what am I talking? What are we talking about? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I do think that's a good, uh, good idea. Mm. So uh, any, yeah, no, after you. So we're in this, we're in this exchange and, uh, and, and, and so, you know, and we're trying to paint the picture of like what's going, what we're experiencing in our own minds at this point. And T says to me, it would be foolish to do X. Now, he's saying we. It's a collective, right? So he's saying it would be foolish for us to do this, which makes total sense. Uh, yes, that would be foolish for us to make uh, certain mistakes, to make any mistake, right? Um, which, you know, and he's pointing out something that I've missed. So he's like, it would be foolish for us to go ahead with that given these reasons. Now, in my mind, because of all the shit that we've been talking about and all the aforementioned layers, what I hear is, He's calling my work foolish. He's mm. calling me foolish. Uh, and that was really, that was the, that for me was, it didn't, like it didn't push me over the edge in the moment, but it was something that stuck in my mind and I'm like, I didn't like, I took personal offense to it. Yeah. So what did I do? Well, you communicated that with me um, straight away, you know, and I think- um, After the meeting, right? Yeah. We after. saw it through. <clears throat> And then uh, that gave me a chance to apologize for, um, for upsetting you and then just reiterate the fact that I would never, ever call your work foolish or you uh, or anyone in this space uh, around me, especially for the time and effort they put into their job. Um, and, uh, and then I would not use that word again. And that was it. You know? And it was such a simple thing, right? I, like... 
I sent T a message afterwards. We finished our meeting. We got to the bottom of it. was heated. It was like, yep, cool. Okay, done. Thank you. And then I was left the gym shortly after, said goodbye. And then I sent T a message, said, hey, man, um, good outcome today. Thanks for your feedback. That word that you – foolish, it just – it offended me. Uh, and I understand – you know, like I understand why you said it, but – it's just inflammatory and I don't, I didn't like it in that moment. And I just wanted to let you know. And T came back with all of the things he just said, man, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it to come across as, you know, it was not my intention. So like a very clear communication. I was like, cool. Like it's, it's all good. It's done. But it's not necessarily easy to send a text like that, is it? No, no, it's much easier to just to bury it. And then it, then it builds up. And then over time, these things start to turn like these small collective bits, bits just start to turn into one big bit. And then, you know, that just creates resent, you know? And then I just, you just, you just fucking start to hate someone. Like, yeah. Dickhead. Yeah. And that's happened, you know, that's happened with us even, you know, there was a point there where Paul, and we've talked about this on the podcast earlier, where Paul kind of bailed you up for quite a while with a real hammering, but there wasn't one, there wasn't one thing it was like, oh, when, when's he going to get to the thing that's pissed him off? Yeah. And it never came. And, and it was like, holy shit. Like that was like a, a massive ear bashing over just lots of little things. Like where's the big thing? Yeah. And you're kind of looking for it and you think, well, actually now looking back at it, that it was just all the little things building up over time, you know? Yeah. And, and the fact that he got it out was fantastic for, for him, fantastic for you. But it's much easier to deal with those things on the spot. And, and that's just about good communication, you know. And I think we're all getting better at it. Paul's getting better at it. I think out of the three of us, he's probably the one that holds things more. Like he's less likely to holds communicate those things, like to let you know that you've pissed him off. Yeah. Um, but he's getting better at it now too. Um, but communication is so important. And not just to be able to communicate it, but to know that your business partner or the person that you're talking to it has a level of empathy where they can say, okay, I'm going to put myself in Joe's shoes. All right, he's feeling a certain way. Um, so I got to recognize that, acknowledge it, and, and, then, and, and then have the, the decency to apologize, which is also something that a lot of people find very difficult to do, you know? Yeah, apologize, give, uh, give somebody credit, like all these things that should really be very simple, uh, actually tough things for humans to do. And I watch it with my kids, you know. It's like, you know, you've just done wrong to your brother or your sister. Now you need to acknowledge that mistake and apologize to them. And it's like, it's so difficult for them to like turn around and admit that they've done something wrong to them, that they've hurt them and, and to get that sorry out of them. And I think that that's, that just follows us through life, you know? Uh, it's what really is that? weird. Fuck, I don't know, but it would be nice to have a chat with someone who's an expert in that field to understand where the hell that comes from and, and why something so simple, saying such a simple word could be, like with sincerity, could be so difficult for, for a human, like admitting to a mistake, I guess, at such a young age to have that, like inherent in your in your already pre-programmed, you know. Yeah, it's very. It's uh, a, it's a, it must deep. be an ego thing, right? <clears throat> and then there, you know, there's obviously so many benefits to ego. 
Yeah. Like it often gets talked about like it's a bad thing. It's obviously a very good thing. But yeah. In many ways. But and, and a necessity for humans at some point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in, I t- totally know what you mean. It's so, um, it's so hard for us. And it, um, I mean, I think in, uh, in like adult relationships, it seems really hard for people to do it. it you know, like when you see those long-term married yeah. or whatever, it just, that empathy goes out the window. Yeah. Um, the, but like anything, it's a practice, you know, and I think you can get better at it over time. And I do believe that my relationship with you and Paul has helped my relationship at home with my wife a lot. Oh, wow. Yeah, just learning how to, to communica- communicate better. I've learned a lot from you guys, yep. um, how, how um, you guys communicate uh, with, with each other and then um, also with me. And I've taken a lot of that home with me, you know, which is good. Yeah. I've still got a lot of work in that area personally. Um, my wife puts up with a lot from me and it's not intentional it's just i guess it's my personality and who am i and you know i mean you got to put up with me at work so yeah i mean everyone has their nuances don't they yeah and i think a lot of what we found through all of this is that it all like like all of this shit all of the this dynamic of you who you are it, it so much of it goes back to your experience growing up yeah and it's like every most people have had a pretty different experience so there's going to be things and those things come out in those moments. Yep. Yeah, that happened actually recently with me and Paul. It did. Yeah. That was, was a huge. That was a big one. Yeah. yeah. That, was, that was pre-podcast episode. It was. But I secretly recorded a snippet yeah, of it. That was two, two weeks ago. And that was a, that, that week for me, two weeks ago. It's like a month ago. A month ago. Fuck, already. <laughs> yeah. Um, was like... That, that was when everything in my life at that point of time was just kind of coming into one big like ball of energy kind of thing. Yeah. Like just everything was moving through this transitional phase. <clears throat> yeah, it was, it was, everything was unstable at that moment, yeah, right? my home, you know, moving job, you know, uh, everything. And um, and then my my relationship, my business partners, even with with people with people that work here, like I had a I had a uh, I had a really big long chat with with Aaron that week as well, and I think I got to this point where I laid down in bed, and I was just thinking to myself, is my perception of what has been happening around me for the last two years been completely different to what? is in actual fact has been. <laughs> oh, know? wow. Yeah, I was like, I was living in this fucking bubble of everything's great. Yeah. But then really things are just kind of on the simmer until they all kind of boiled over on the one <laughs> week. And I was like, holy shit. It was like a reality slap. And everything you're doing is hinging on the, the former. Yeah. It's hinging on everything having- Yes. Like being in line with your perception of yep. how good it's going. That's right. Yeah. And I had this huge like confidence dump and I had to question my my ability, like as a just as a human, you know, as a dad, as a business owner, as a friend, as a boss, all of those things. And I'm just thinking, oh, as a husband, most importantly, you know, out of you know, because that was the the most amount of pressure was 
carried by my wife over that because we were doing a lot of we we're looking for locations and we got the new new bub and everything like that so i'm just kind of dragging her around everywhere and um not getting a lot of sleep and all of that and yeah and it was a real um it was a tough week but we came out of that week and yeah, I had one night where I just I didn't sleep the whole night. I was just lying there staring at the ceiling. And then that morning, uh, and I went through that confidence dump. And that morning I woke up, uh, I, you know, I kind of came out of it. And I was like, no, it is not my perception. It is, it is my reality. And we've got to keep moving forward. And um, it all fell into place. And the week after that, everything just... It was like a puzzle, you know, and you're at the end of like a puzzle and then it just goes bang, 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 bang. You put like four bits pieced together and it all just kind of all comes together uh, in one one kind of hit. Yeah. You know that feeling? Like it starts chunking in and it yeah. just gets and exponentially like, easier. Boom, 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 boom. And then it all, yeah, all the cogs felt like in my personal engine were just grinding and coming to a halt. Steam's coming out of this thing. And then all of a sudden all the cogs just kind of realigned and into a better order than they were before. And then the engine just fucking just started cranking over again. And I was like, ah, oh, that was great. It was such a fucking good feeling. It's like when they turn the water back on in Mad Max, yep. Fury Road. That's, that's what it felt like. Everyone's got water gushing over them. Yep. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was like, I mean, just going over some of the problems. The business was leaking 10 grand a month. We are a week out from going fucking bankrupt. Yep. And we had, uh, my house was potentially not getting sold because the people that bought it fell through. And then, and then they came through uh, at the property that I was looking at um, was in the middle of being negotiated. And, um, and we weren't sure if we we're going to get that. And you're and talking relocating to a new to part a of new the part of, country. Yeah. New part of the country. And we had the newborn and then I had my wife, who turned around and said, I'm not sure if I even want to move. Um, I'm, I'm not, you know, everything's moving so quickly. Oh, wow. And then I had a phone call from, from people that, you know, like from Aaron, who was, you know, just bringing to my attention that there's things that weren't running in this space well and then there needs to be some, some drastic change for, for us to, for him to still feel like he's got, a belief in the brand and, and what we do and obviously um, a space for him to move into. And then, um, and then I had uh, this full week long um, kind of, it wasn't like, it was like a, it was a, the, like this conversation we had, but with Paul. Like a feud. But it went for a week. It like a passive aggressive feud. Yeah. It was really uh, just a, and it was, it was Paul, um, doing what he 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 has every right to do, and that was he he kind of put me on the on the witness block a bit, you know. And there was a point there where how, how do you mean? Well, I tend to come forward with all these ideas um, about moving forward and ideas, and then strategies behind those ideas to push us into places that I believe uh, are going to be where we all want to go. And this in itself is a fucking recipe for disaster because I, not disaster, but it can create unrest because it's like, that's, okay, this is, 
what, what oh wow I want to go there you know this is going to be great but not I'm not thinking about the fact that that I me wanting to go there just automatically means that you want to go there and that Paul wants to go there and that everyone else in this business wants to go there you know mm. and um and then I come forward with these ideas and I've done this all the time forever and I think it just got to the point where Paul was just annoyed at it you know like a toddler that's been dragged yeah, around was, from one yeah, thing to another. Yeah, he was pissed. And it got to the point where he's like, you know, uh, and, and this is what also got me thinking, like questioning myself, was like that these decisions and these proposals that you put forward, uh, they have a level of, um, what did he say? It was, um, I've forgotten what it was, but he's talking about my, uh, it was dealing with money. And it was my inability. It was like um, it was like reckless. Uh, my it was like a reckless approach to 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 spending, um, and and he was absolutely right. Um, uh, and and I created all these fires, and then I come put them out with some new strategy to get out of it. And how long is this going to go on for? Is pretty much what he's saying. Is this going to be our life indefinitely? Where T just goes out and blows shitloads of money on big <laughs> projects and then gets us out of fucking, you know, not going bankrupt. Uh, with the time, next project. Time again with, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and it's a question yeah. I find myself asking. Yeah. <laughs> that was like, yeah, and it was, um, yeah, and he's absolutely right. Like um, every time I've bought something forward, it's always been something big and it's always cost a lot of money and it's always come out of our pocket you know and we've been on a minimum wage for from the business we earn within the business for a we've very long time potentially been below minimum wage for a long time for a long time and now we're on no wage <laughs> you and right. me um and that was another thing that i brought forward and um i think that you can only take so much you know before you turn around i can see how businesses just get to the point where they're like you know what? i can't fucking deal with this guy anymore and i honestly had that in my head i was thinking you know, there's a chance that when I go to work on that Monday and propose to, to Joe that he no longer takes a wage from this business and myself and we move solely into this next phase, that um, he might turn around to me and say, you know what, man, like, no. <laughs> I've, had, I've had enough and I don't want to be taken on this fucking roller coaster anymore. And I was really scared of that, to be honest. I, I was scared that uh, if I lose you guys and I'm like, fuck, like, and then I'm thinking, holy shit, like I'm moving away from you guys anyway. Um, so there's huge safety net. Like I lean on you and Paul hugely, you know, and I don't give you guys enough credit for what you do and you tolerate me and put up with me and that's going to be gone, you know. Uh, if when I move, it's not going to be as accessible, but if I was to push too hard, then, then I lose that. You know, it would have been the perfect time for a breakup. The floor gets pulled out from underneath you, you know. And I just thought, fuck, so much can potentially go wrong in my life at this point because business goes under, the house doesn't go through. My relationship off the back of that is going to just suffer immensely. And I just thought, how the fuck did I get into this little, this week of stuff? You know, I had a little bit of a 
like, oh, I forgot what I was doing. It was like a, someone called me downstairs and it wasn't even a big thing. It was, I think it was a broker or something like that. And I was just sitting outside and I was kind of like taking some big breaths. And <laughs> I was like, why did that phone call get, get, get to me so much? And then I just thought, okay, it's, again, it's another buildup of just little things, you know, um, turning into one big thing. But what got us through was the fact that we can communicate with each other and empathise with each other. And, and, and when we do that, we, we get through things and we move into this next place and, and we have faith in each other, you know. And I think then the end of that, that week, when everything fell into place and um, the cogs started turning again, and now we're moving into this next, this next like place. It's just, it's a, it was a really nice feeling, you know, yeah. that all kind of fit in together. And I think that's just made like those moments that we have and we have them, you know, irregularly and regularly in small bits. And then we have these big bits have only made our relationships uh, stronger. Yeah. Every time. And they're really, I, I, I you know, reliving that you talking through that sort of process of you know the last sort of month or whatever it was i don't think there's any way you can avoid that stuff like no, if you, you are want to no and if you are growing and evolving with your business and and innovating and doing new things um you can't it can't be smooth sailing no but that then means that you have to be good at managing the relationship between you all because it is very easy to let it fall apart like, it, yeah. you know, maybe in – like, it, you know, and we spoke about this, that for you proposing that I drop my wage, like, for me, I was like, man, that's a great proposal. Like, and there's more to it than just saying goodbye to the money that Jungle Bros pay me each week, but it was, like, part of this greater strategy. I'm like, it's a fucking great strategy. I'm like, yeah, I'm down with it. Um, but, you know, had I been in, under, in different circumstances, had I been stressed, had home life not been not as stable as it is for me, I might have been like – fuck you, man. That's, yeah. You know, what are you talking about? And then, and like, that's, it's really easy in that kind of, in that time for things to degrade. Um, so, you know, I, I think there's like, what is that? Is that good luck or is that, um, is that faith and empathy yeah. and the ability to, to see when someone has a good vision? I think it's the latter. I, you know, I, I think, you know, I think that you made that decision because you're like, I think Joey's going to be okay with this. And I think that I think that this idea that I've come up with is a good one. Yeah. And you were able to you know present it slash sell it in a way that showed the value of it to me and and to Paul. Yeah. So I was like, all right, let's go. Yeah. And and um, and we pushed through with it. Oh, we said we will go through with it, but then there was more resistance from Paul, and I was really um, confused because I thought that he would be happy with the outcome, um, uh, because it worked well in his favour and it was what he kind of had mentioned uh, he wanted to do and where he wanted to be and he's going to be running this space. Uh, he is now actually. Um, Paul's the GM. Paul is the guy. Of Jay Butney. And um, yeah, and he wasn't. But we found out later that, well, we talked about it and I think I, I, we, we, the, the end of that week it all came to a head and that's when... We were, we were talking before the podcast and then it all all started coming out and all like of it. Yeah, it was all, all came back to the way 
um, I was communicating with him. It had nothing to do with the strategies or the big ideas or any of that. It was just the way that I was talking to him was getting a negative effect out of him. And this, again, like to be able to sit down with your business partner and tell them about your childhood, about the way that you've been talked to when you were younger by certain people have created, uh, you know, this or gives this negative emotional response, just like using the word foolish for you. And to be able to say that to the person in front of you, just try to talk to me a little different. Um, it's going to have a much better effect. Um, and, and that uh, it all made sense after that, you know. So I think my relationship with Paul and the way I communicate with him, I wish I knew five years ago, you know. Yeah, um, but, but not to lay all that on you either because remember there was, um, there was, you know, things, yeah, that yeah, he brought mate, up. I had some insecure, like huge insecurities right? with the, the way we were communicating yeah, yeah, like and it was frustration that so, would come from the back of that. Yeah, you know? so it wasn't necessarily, and this is the thing: it's not the double whammy. It's not necessarily like your approach was wrong. Yeah. So f- change your approach. It's like no, 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 no. Your, your approach, like, is whatever it is. This is all very subjective. Yeah. Right, but because of my experience of life, something about how you're coming at me right now is grinding my gears. Yeah. And that's different with every person. Yes, that's right. So, like, I think the, the, the beauty of that, of the outcome of that, was that Paul was able to identify why, is, why am I so fucking irritated by what he's doing right now? Yeah. And then, and you were also able to go, why am I so fucking irritated that Paul's behaving the way he is? Yeah. And you guys got to point, I was like, oh, okay, and now I understand more about you. Yeah. So I can, I can work with you better. I can be a better friend, better business partner. Yes. And I think to have that relationship in a business is a huge advantage because if you're in business with people, and this is what I, I don't understand the corporate world. Well, I've never been in it. I have no intention of being in that kind of environment. I think from what I see from the outside looking in, it always feels a bit toxic, but there's there, you almost have to have your strong suit on every day. You know, you can't, you can't express yourself in a in a in a in certain environment uh, and show vulnerability and talk about the things that are upsetting you then how the how what do you do you just, just fucking swallow it uh, day in and day out smash heaps of fucking booze friday and saturday someone night. could be treating you like dog shit not even knowing they're upsetting you and you never have the chance to let them know you know and they're higher up on the ladder than you yeah you don't have a, a means to they probably to don't address even that. respect it anyway. Yeah. It makes no fucking difference to their salary, you know? Um, so, but what that stops you from, from, from doing is working intimately and collaboratively and, and, you know, being way more productive, you know, it, with good communication and acknowledging emotional response. Emotion is, like when people say you don't miss big, big business with pleasure or you shouldn't be emotional but emotions drive humans if you have if you try to bury them and just go to work every day it's impossible you know like the 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 emotional drive is so much more powerful than any fucking salary than any you know car or whatever it is that's like incentive like if your incentive is emotional then and it's a positive emotional response 
you'll fucking work 24-7 and you'll love it, you know? Yeah. If you've got this negative emotional driver, then your productivity is going to be shit ass, you know? Then coming up with anything creative, that's for sure. Yeah, that's right. I kind of I kind of share your thoughts there. And if you and if you're fucking hating the people you're working around, what First of all, it's just a shit existence, you know. But how the hell do you come up with something spectacular with someone that you don't like, you know? In um in thinking about this episode, I did a little Google search on. Um, I was trying to come up with a name for it, and so I was googling like trying to find the right title, and. Uh, I came up with it, came across a couple of interesting blog posts. One was uh, on lifehack.org. 15 reasons why you should not start businesses with friends. And I went and I thought, oh, I'll go into this and see what's up. And then yeah. I thought, oh, I'll read a couple of them to T and we'll just comment <laughs> on them. The first one was friendship does not translate into business compatibility. Oh. Um, it's tempting to believe that your existing relationship will easily translate into successful commercial union. This is rarely the case. It's a very good point. And I think, um, I think it, it doesn't, right? Just because you are close with someone and maybe you share similar values about things in life doesn't mean you're going to go well in business together. No, not at all. No. There's heaps of friends that I would never do business with, ever. Yes. <laughs> but tell me, it could have worked out differently for us, you know? Yeah. Two, three years down the track, it might have, you know, you might have seen a side of, one of us might have seen a side of someone else that was like, oh, I didn't know yeah. that when the what, heat was what, on, yeah. that's what they become. And also when money's involved, yeah. this becomes a, a thing as well. Um, we, we knew that from the beginning, like there's, tra- there's traps there. Uh, and we, we, we dealt with that by making everything black and white from the beginning. And one of them, I think, is the most important, important strategic moves that we made from the beginning was to get this business evenly balanced between three because equal shareholding equal shareholding with your business partner is so important. This 20% to 30% to 50% or whatever the fuck it is, it doesn't work, you know, as far as I've seen in the past yeah. uh, with others. Uh, how the hell do you measure 20% of work, work capacity? That's right. You just can't. And that's the thing. That's like, that's the, the problem with that is, if you're putting your life on the line to run to to do this business and you're putting every day in as high, the best effort you can how do you know that like what is like if you're doing 50% you got 50% ownership and your partner's got 25 how do you equate if they're doing 25% of the work that's right whereas if you split it if you all agree you're here to make the best out of this thing you split it evenly everyone gives everything they can yep it's the most simplest way to go yeah, forward in, in the areas that they that they are best at and if you, if, you, if you don't have that balance, also when it comes to decision-making, you have 20% of the voice. Uh, you can't measure that. Or, well, you can. It just means the person with the highest share is calling the shots. Yeah. And is that the right thing? Well, no, because three brains are better than one. Sure, there's going to be one person that might be coming up with, with strategies and doing more of the proposing, but it has to be... You, you, need, you want people to question you, to challenge you, to, to uh, scrutinise whatever it is that you're doing so that final decision of how you move forward is the best decision that you can potentially come up with uh, with a, a group of, of individuals instead of stifling up someone else's voice and then imposing 
the one the one approach, you know, dictatorship style. So yeah, we split we split the business evenly, um, and then we got a fucking huge what do you call that big contract that we wrote out shareholder agreement shareholder agreement with official Brian. business shit yeah and we've never looked at it since no but it was literally every question of what of how we deal with any scenario that could potentially go wrong and it was all there and we just wrote it out yeah so we knew you know if someone wants to pull out this is the process if somebody's you know exit strategies or yeah, all, all of that if this happens if that happens and you can download one off the net, fucking like 50 pages long, and it's the most tedious, fucking boringest, like... Yeah, but it's it's important. It's important. It's your contract, essentially. Yeah, and you usually pay a lawyer to hold on to it. We didn't do that. We just chucked it in a safe and have enough, um, for, uh, you know, um, faith in each other's um, integrity to just follow through with what was on there. And um, that kind of laid the, the foundation those two two um two exercises you know that and that did that didn't come immediately we were doing business no. before that yeah and it was all a bit messy but it was a fucking mess but yeah doing that was the first step in us officiating this thing and that that was when we formed a company yep. and then when you're a company you have a company bank account and then it's like okay got to do this official shareholder agreement it's part of being a company it's a really good exercise to do um, going into business with friends, you can just do it as a partnership. Yeah. And that is that like just staying in a partnership can create problems yeah. because there's no clear lines drawn about who owns. It's just a verbal agreement. Yeah. Okay, let's do this thing. And that's all. It's a good place to start because it doesn't cost you anything to start a partnership. Um, but to go out and um, what do they call it? Incorporate mm. to become a company. That's it is worthwhile. Once you're like, okay, we're doing this. This yeah. is, this is full time for us. Yeah, then you need to make sure that everyone is like co- like completely clear and you p- probably do this before you actually do anything of what it is you're actually setting out to do. You know, what is the final ah. and and it's not just like oh we're opening a gym together. It's like what is the final destination? This is point number you know? 4. Your business goals may differ from those of your partner. Yes. Yeah, and a lot of people, and it sounds fucking crazy, a lot of people find this out like a year into doing business where they're like, well, actually, that wasn't what I had in mind. Well, yeah. fuck, we had that conversation only, re- only recently, you know? Well, yeah, uh, which was a revisit. A revisit, yeah. We're like, well, what do, fucking where do we want this thing to go? Yeah, and you can change your mind. You yeah, know? things you evolve, Three years right? in and you're like, you know what? I don't really want to chase that goal anymore, you know? I think back then it was like, I want to have a gym with a hundred members. Y- yes. And then, <laughs> and then you get and there. And that was a dream. Yeah. Then you get there pipe, and you're like, pipe dream. what is it now? Like it evolves, right? Mm. 200, you know, it's just, you have to revisit that stuff. Yeah. And align your expectations and your goal. Yeah. Continuously. And if you feel like you're drifting from that space, you've got to communicate it like as soon as possible. And again, it comes back to good communication, doesn't it? What about this one? Which one do I like here? Emotions can often override good business sense. Yeah. Yeah. Or could drive them, you know? Could be both. Yeah, could go both ways. Yeah. I think, like I was saying before, you can, you can, it's a tool, you know? Emotional drivers are tools. I mean, you think about all these athletes that, that get gold and how they, they're sitting there visualizing 
that medal going over the head. You know, we all hear about it all the time, this visual, visualizing the race over and over and over again, visualizing winning. Okay, well, what's driving that? Because if there's no emotion involved, you're not going to give a fuck about putting a medal, or like a band over your neck with a bit of metal on it. You're going to train every day of your life, hmm. fucking eight hours a day, sacrifice all your partying, sacrifice your relationships, just for that, to someone to put a, a string around your neck with a bit of metal on it. You can do that at home, you know? That's a good point. Well, what is the driver behind that? Well, it's all emotional. All of it, you know? But it has to be respected, doesn't it? And I think this is kind of um, harks back to our initial part of the discussion, which was the emotional thing, can, if you can harness it, it can be used to your advantage. Yeah. But if you don't respect it and you don't, you don't understand like you don't have empathy or you don't try to cultivate empathy. Yeah. You know, take that time to consider what's someone else going through right now? How am I coming across? Yep. Could this be done differently? You know, like all those little things, then the emotional, it can just, it can blow out of proportion. Yeah. And, and empathy, like a lot of people, when they hear that word, they think it's like a, a soft kind of trait that, you know, you'd use in humanitarian, which you do, you know, but but it's also an extremely powerful tool for anybody who wants to get ahead in life. Because if you're sitting down wanting to sell somebody a car, then to be able to know what kind of car that person wants, then great, <laughs> that's an advantage for you. All you've done is put yourself in their shoes. You know, if someone's got the shits with you, they're complaining about your product, then being able to put yourself in their shoes and, oh, God, that would feel like shit. All right, well, I'm going to go out of my way to make sure we fix this, you know. If you can't do that, then with your business partner, if you can't kind of put yourself in their shoes and think, oh, I've been a real fucking ass to this guy, you know, and I have to rectify it, then it's going to, it's going to break your business without a doubt, you know. What about this one? It can be hard to appraise your partner's performance. Uh, this can cause a significant issue when friends and family members partner in business. More specifically, it often leaves faults unaddressed and causes operational issues to continue longer than they should. It's a great point. Uh, we, what are we, that's what a personal problem. You could have that with anyone. You could, but there's specific things we do to, to bring this about because, I mean, you know, there's the, we're all so busy that making time to say, hey, team, man, really good job on the mm. sales you did this week. Like, awesome. Um, making time to do that can just not get made. And it yeah. doesn't necessarily it mean that- expectation, doesn't it? Yeah, that the appreciation's not there, but it can mean that the person who's doing the good work doesn't get any appraisal for it. Yeah. And then that can, you know, turn into resentment. Um, real simple thing. We start all of our meetings with, uh, we have a weekly meeting between the, the owners of the business and we first we have wins where we talk about um, wins that we've had in the past week. Yeah. So achievements of our own. And it's, you know, it's kind of hard sometimes. You don't want to put anything forward, but it's like, okay, no, put this thing for, oh, I did a really good job of this last week. Here's my result. And then uh, we give feedback. And the wins is a chance for other people to go, man, well done. That's so good. You know, you did an awesome job on that. Yeah. It's like, great. And that happens every seven days. Yes. At the least. Yeah. Uh, and then the feedback piece could be... It's almost like you're giving yourself an opportunity to, to, tell, to remind the people in front of you that 
you've done something good for not just for the business but also for yourself you know which yeah is the same really Be- because we i mean i think we're conditioned to not boast about those things yeah but then it's like well you're putting in all this fucking work like this is the mm. emotional aspect of it you're doing all this stuff you, you want deserve recognition. some recognition yeah, yeah. And if that means you're going to do a better job, yeah. then fuck, great, let's get some recognition going. Yes. Because we're all trying to do the best we can here. Yeah. The feedback piece, that is kind of more relevant to that last point where um, talking about it, it can be hard to, uh, it can be hard to tell people what you really think of them. Mm. But those two things at the beginning of a meeting, which can seem kind of um, benign, are actually pivotal, yeah. I believe, to us and our success as a collective yes, in us being able to stay cool with each other and move forward. Yeah, feedback is, um, man, uh, when we first started giving each other feedback, I don't even know how it came about. but I got it from the, um, that seminar that I did. Yeah, that was great. And I that came back. Ch- and game I, changer for us. Yeah, it was like you've got you to give feedback. It's got to be. I was so nervous. Oh, man. Like to the point where I was like stuttering. And having heart palpations, <laughs> try, to, <laughs> try to tell you and Paul something that was very would be very minor for me to deliver. Now, it. yeah, I wouldn't even think about it. Just be like, okay, there, there's feedback. It would be over nothing. Yeah, really. yeah. Like maybe the bathroom or some shit wasn't cleaned properly. Yeah, you know what I mean. Or like, hey man, I thought you, I could see you doing your PT session the other day, and I thought you were, yeah. you had your hands in your pockets too much. Yeah. I've gotten that piece of feedback once. And yeah. I mean, how fucking stupid does that sound to someone yes. listening? Yeah. Had your hands in your pockets too much. Yeah. But every day that I've done PT since, I've had in my mind, don't yes. put your hands in your pockets. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> wow, how, how great that someone it's brought amazing. that to my attention. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, that uh, Cold hands. helps like, like forge you, you know, makes you better at what you do. That, um, awareness stuff that's, you know, you know the self-awareness thing that, you talk about a lot um, when you have good self-awareness just to, to be able to, yeah, it's been such a powerful tool for us. And we use it now with all of our coaches, like every single week, every single meeting. And it's, it's, it's such a uh, culture now that all of them feel very comfortable in, in delivering feedback. I mean, we had um, this week um, – uh, Aaron giving some feedback to the jiu-jitsu um, just community within the gym and it went for fucking 20 minutes. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it was just a to and fro and and it was a, a back and forth and JT was chatting with Aaron and the same kind of thing where you defend your, your position but you're also open to, to making changes and acknowledging each other and practicing empathy. All of that was in there, you know subconsciously and then at the end everyone's having a laugh yeah you know and there's a conclusion and action taken off the back of it and it was great as who's actually sitting in the room right now has gotten i've noticed him get exceptionally good at the feedback piece yeah, he, i think he looks forward to it he's be- <laughs> yeah he's become a bit of a barbarian with the feedback like yeah. who's gonna get it this week but it's he loves giving it to you oh which i love it i enjoy it you love it yeah, yeah. I sit back put my arms i just take it <laughs> i just take it that's uh, great, but it's it's it is so powerful, and I think the 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 thing to attack to to remind yourself of there is that if as an organization you are committed to doing the best job you can, then the members of that organization must be open to feedback. Yeah, like that's it's as simple as that. It's like 
put your personal feelings aside. Listen to what this, listen, like have the confidence to hear what someone's telling you, sift through your own emotions, process it objectively and go, yeah, okay, I can take that on board. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. Yeah. Um, because that is, that is at the heart of the collective evolving and becoming better. Yeah, that's right. And uh, again, that cultural um, space, I think that, that just knowing that that's part of your week um, it just makes you perform. You you, you actually perform better because you know if you don't, someone's going to call you out on it. You know. Yeah, I think it's great. I think um, I think that's a good place for us to wrap it. Mm. There's a lot in that. Yeah, it could go on forever. Yeah, I I you know there's a lot of good takeaways in that. But the, I think you know if you're someone that's out there, you're in small business. Maybe you're a PT and you're talking to one of your other mates who's a PT, and you're like, we should open a gym, man. Mm. You seen that Jungle Brothers place? We should do that. Yeah, and uh, it's cool. Like that's the that's the 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 kernel to steal that from Kellogg's. Yeah, that's the kernel of you know what a business can become. But you have to if you can adopt these kind of simple structures from the beginning. Simple structures like let's get comfortable with the act of giving ourselves very open feedback. Yeah, and communicating very clearly about yeah, open lines communication what you need. Yeah, don't be afraid to express vulnerability and don't take advantage of someone's vulnerability either. Uh, And knowing that iron sharpens iron, you know. Yes. Nurturing your relationships within your business is always a much nicer place to work in even, you know. And then then communicate. Don't stop communicating. And you know what? I think uh, on the self-awareness piece... um, it can be hard to figure out what what needs to be said or maybe what offended you. But I think the easiest thing you can do is if you come away from an exchange with your partner, business partner or otherwise, and something doesn't feel good, something doesn't sit right, spend some time processing that and find out what it is that's making you feel that way. Yeah. Because that will be the thing you'll be like, oh, you said a thing that, that irritated me and this is what it was. And you might, you're more than likely going to realize it's n- absolutely nothing. Yeah. But if you shut that off and you don't try to process that thing, then you never get to the bottom of it and then nothing ever evolves. Yeah, and don't be afraid to talk about it, you know? Yeah. And really, at the end of the day, if you've gone into business with someone, there's a reason for that, you know? That person, you have a, you have a relationship with them. There's a bond there. You, there's potential there. You've seen it. Now, you just have to make sure that you know what you're getting yourself into uh, that you have the parameters put in place, you're nurturing each other, helping each other, um, and and that way your 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 potential for success is much higher. And don't be afraid of being emotionally driven. It's a very powerful tool, you know. Guys, thanks for listening today. T Bone, thanks for the chat. Thanks, Joe. That was great. Yeah. And uh, if you enjoyed that episode, please help support the show. Take a screenshot of it, post it on your Instagram tag. Jungle Brothers movement, but share it with someone who you think might benefit from it. I'm sure you got someone you know who's in small business. This stuff helps. Um, we'll be out next week, uh, and we appreciate you guys listening to the show. If you need anything from us, you can get us junglebrothers.com or on the Instagram at Jungle Brothers Movement. Thank you. Catch you next week. Thank you.